Today is August 2nd. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer. Welcome in and welcome back. I am so glad you're here. So glad you decided to show up and take another step forward with me today. We're going to be reading some amazing stories of God's power, His grace, His wisdom in action. We're going to see how God delivered His people from their enemies once again, how He sent His Son to save us from our sins, and how He hears our prayers and guides our steps. And in Proverbs, how He teaches us to live with integrity and justice. Are y'all ready to do this? I know I am. Second Chronicles chapter 32, verse 1 through chapter 33, verse 13. New International Version. Sennacherib threatens Jerusalem. After all that Hezekiah had so faithfully done, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and invaded Judah. He laid siege to the fortified cities, thinking to conquer them for himself. When Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come and that he intended to wage war against Jerusalem, he consulted with his officials and military staff about blocking off the water from the springs outside the city, and they helped him. They gathered a large group of people who blocked all the springs and the stream that flowed through the land. Why should the kings of Assyria come and find plenty of water, they said. Then he worked hard, repairing all the broken sections of the wall and building towers on it. He built another wall outside that one and reinforced the terraces of the city of David. He also made large numbers of weapons and shields. He appointed military officers over the people and assembled them before him in the square at the city gate and encouraged them with these words, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria and the vast army with him, for there is a greater power with us than with him. With him is only the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people gained confidence from what Hezekiah the king of Judah said. Later, when Sennacherib king of Assyria and all his forces were laying siege to Lachish, he sent his officers to Jerusalem with this message for Hezekiah king of Judah and for all the people of Judah who were there. This is what Sennacherib, king of Assyria, says. On what are you basing your confidence that you remain in Jerusalem under siege? When Hezekiah says, The Lord our God will save us from the hand of the king of Assyria, he is misleading you to let you die of hunger and thirst. Did not Hezekiah himself remove this God's high places and altars, saying to Judah and Jerusalem, You must worship before one altar and burn sacrifices on it? Do you not know what I and my predecessors have done to all the peoples of the other lands? Were the gods of those nations ever able to deliver their land from my hand? Who of all the gods of these nations that my predecessors destroyed has been able to save his people from me? How then can your God deliver you from my hand? Now, do not let Hezekiah deceive you and mislead you like this. Do not believe him, for no God of any nation or kingdom has been able to deliver his people from my hand or the hand of my predecessors. How much less will your God deliver you from my hand? 
Sennacherib's officers spoke further against the Lord God and against his servant Hezekiah. The king also wrote letters ridiculing the Lord, the God of Israel, and saying this against him. Just as the gods of the peoples of the other lands did not rescue their people from my hand, so the God of Hezekiah will not rescue his people from my hand. Then they called out in Hebrew to the people of Jerusalem who were on the wall to terrify them and make them afraid in order to capture the city. They spoke about the God of Jerusalem as they did about the gods of the other peoples of the world, the work of human hands. King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah son of Amoz cried out in prayer to heaven about this. And the Lord sent an angel who annihilated all the fighting men and the commanders and officers in the camp of the Assyrian king. So he withdrew to his own land in disgrace. And when he went into the temple of his God, some of his sons, his own flesh and blood, cut him down with the sword. So the Lord saved Hezekiah and the people of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, king of Assyria and from the hand of all others. He took care of them on every side. Many brought offerings to Jerusalem for the Lord and valuable gifts for Hezekiah, king of Judah. From then on, he was highly regarded by all the nations. Hezekiah's pride, success, and death. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. He prayed to the Lord who answered him and gave him a miraculous sign. But Hezekiah's heart was proud and he did not respond to the kindness shown him. Therefore, the Lord's wrath was on him and on Judah and Jerusalem. Then Hezekiah repented of the pride of his heart, as did the people of Jerusalem. Therefore, the Lord's wrath did not come on them during the days of Hezekiah. Hezekiah had very great wealth and honor, and he made treasuries for his silver and gold and for his precious stones, spices, shields, and all kinds of valuables. He also made buildings to store the harvest of grain, new wine, and olive oil. And he made stalls for various kinds of cattle and pens for the flocks. He built villages and acquired great numbers of flocks and herds, for God had given him very great riches. It was Hezekiah who blocked the upper outlet of the Gihon Spring and channeled the water down to the west side of the city of David. He succeeded in everything he undertook. But when envoys were sent by the rulers of Babylon to ask him about the miraculous sign that had occurred in the land, God left him to test him and to know everything that was in his heart. The other events of Hezekiah's reign and his acts of devotion are written in the vision of the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. Hezekiah rested with his ancestors and was buried on the hill where the tombs of David's descendants are. All Judah and the people of Jerusalem honored him when he died, and Manasseh, his son, succeeded him as king. Manasseh, king of Judah Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 55 years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, following the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. He rebuilt the high places his father Hezekiah had demolished. He also erected altars to the Baals and made Asherah poles. He bowed down to all the starry hosts and worshipped them. 
He built altars in the temple of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, My name will remain in Jerusalem forever. In both courts of the temple of the Lord, he built altars to all the starry hosts. He sacrificed his children in the fire in the valley of Ben-Hinnom, practiced divination and witchcraft, sought omens, and consulted mediums and spiritists. He did much evil in the eyes of the Lord, arousing his anger. He took the image he had made and put it in God's temple, of which God had said to David and to his son Solomon, In this temple and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. I will not again make the feet of the Israelites leave the land I assigned to your ancestors, if only they will be careful to do everything I commanded them concerning all the laws, decrees, and regulations given through Moses." But Manasseh led Judah and the people of Jerusalem astray, so that they did more evil than the nations the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. The Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they paid no attention. So the Lord brought against them the army commanders of the king of Assyria, who took Manasseh prisoner, put a hook in his nose, bound him with bronze shackles, and took him to Babylon. In his distress, he sought the favor of the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his ancestors. And when he prayed to him, the Lord was moved by his entreaty and listened to his plea. So he brought him back to Jerusalem and to his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord is God. Romans chapter 15 verse 23 through chapter 16 verse 9. Paul's plan to visit Rome. But now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions, and since I have been longing for many years to visit you, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. I hope to see you while passing through and to have you assist me on my journey there after I have enjoyed your company for a while. Now, however, I am on my way to Jerusalem in the service of the Lord's people there, for Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the Lord's people in Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews' spiritual blessings, they owe it to the Jews to share with them their material blessings. So after I have completed this task and have made sure that they have received this contribution, I will go to Spain and visit you on the way. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Pray that I may be kept safe from the unbelievers in Judea and that the contribution I take to Jerusalem may be favorably received by the Lord's people there, so that I may come to you with joy by God's will and in your company be refreshed. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. Personal Greetings I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in Centria. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. 
greet my dear friend Eponidas, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary, who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachys. Psalm 25 verses 16 through 22. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Relieve the troubles of my heart and free me from my anguish. Look on my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins. See how numerous are my enemies and how fiercely they hate me. Guard my life and rescue me. Do not let me be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me, because my hope, Lord, is in you. Deliver Israel, O God, from all their troubles. Proverbs chapter 20, verses 16 through 18. Take the garments of one who puts up security for a stranger. Hold it in pledge if it is done for an outsider. Food gained by fraud tastes sweet, but one ends up with a mouthful of gravel. Plans are established by seeking advice, so if you wage war, obtain guidance. Wow, what a rich feast of God's word we just had. Did you notice how God showed up in different ways for different people? In 2 Chronicles, we saw how God sent an angel to destroy the army of Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, who had threatened and mocked Hezekiah and the people of Judah. God honored Hezekiah's faith and prayer and proved that he alone is the one true God who can save his people from any danger. And then over in Romans, we see once again how Paul is describing how God sent his son Jesus to die for us while we were yet sinners and enemies of God. God demonstrated his love and his grace for us and proved that he alone can save us from guilt and condemnation. And then in Psalms, we see how David cries out to God for mercy, forgiveness, and protection. He confesses his sins and trusts in God's goodness and his faithfulness. God listened to David's prayer and he proved that he alone can save us from our troubles and our fears. And then in Proverbs, we saw how Solomon gave us wise advice on various topics such as avoiding debt, being honest, seeking counsel, and making plans. He shows us how to apply God's principles and his commands to our daily lives. God inspired Solomon's words and proved that he alone can save us from our foolishness and ruin. So what can we learn from these readings? What can we take away? Well, we can learn that God is our Savior in every sense of the word. He saves us from our enemies, from our sins, from our troubles, and from our foolishness. He saves us not because we deserve it or we've earned it, but because he loves us and cares for us. He saves us not only for this life, but for the life to come. And he saves us not only as individuals, but as a community of faith. We are his church. I am so thankful to be a part of it. I am so thankful to belong to the family of God. Let's pray, y'all. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word and we thank you 
for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. Lord, we thank you for saving us from all the things that threaten to harm us or separate us from you. We thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to live in us and guide us and comfort us and advocate on our behalf. Lord, we thank you for giving us your word to teach us, lead us, and inspire us. Lord, we ask you to help us to live in the light of your salvation. Help us to trust you in every situation. Lord, help us to love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love our neighbor as ourselves. As you said, this is the greatest command. Lord, help us to serve you with joy and gratitude, to share the gospel, the good news with those who we come in contact with. And Lord, to glorify your name, to honor you, to give you credit in all that we do. Lord, we praise you for being a just God, a mighty God, an awesome God, a wonderful God. Lord, we thank you and praise you for your power, your grace, your wisdom, and your love. Lord, we are so in awe of your faithfulness and your goodness. And Lord, just as the psalmist said, if we had 10,000 tongues, we couldn't praise you enough. We could go on and on because you're so good. Oh, you're so good, God. And we just we just love you. We love you for your presence. We love you for loving us first and for coming after us, for continuing to come after us and reconciling and restoring us back into relationship with you. Lord, we thank you for all of these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And our affirmation for today, I am enough. And I trust that I have all that I need within me. I am enough and I trust that I have all that I need within me. And our aphorism, the greatest enemy of salvation is self-reliance. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being on this extraordinary expedition with me. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. You belong here and we belong together on this journey. I love you. And if God says the same, I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.